You're listening to the Great Synth 68 Podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City women's audio show bringing you the latest news and interviews from the club. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 70 of the Great Synth 68 Podcast, the dedicated weekly women's football podcast about all things Birmingham City. This week, though, it's all about international football. But first, let me introduce my co-host for the evening, Chris Pugh. How have you been, Chris? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, Craig. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Good. Kaz, unfortunately, couldn't make it again this week. Hopefully, we'll get her back next week. It's, uh, it's a shame we haven't spoke to her in a while, but I'm so- sure she's doing well. Um, before we get on to the England game, though, Lucy Staniforth wasn't the only Blues player to be called up for a country this past week. Abby Grant and Chloe Arthur... Both came on as substitutes in Scotland's 5-0 win over Albania on Friday. Manager Shelley Kerr told BBC Scotland post-match that she didn't think Scotland played well, despite the convincing scoreline. What are your thoughts on her comments, Chris? Yeah, I think I think um, obviously with them with them qualifying for the World Cup this you know the, this year the the World Cup just gone. Obviously, there's a there's, there's a heightened expectation on on her side. Um, you know, one that she, she wants to maintain. She wants to keep, you know, keep raising that expectation, raising those bars. Um, you know, and and wants Scotland to to keep improving and you know not rest rest on their laurels, sort of thing. So I think obviously, you know, with the, the scoreline aside, you know, she, I think she just it, it's more a case of she wants to keep keep everybody focused, keep everybody. Um, Believing that they, you know, the the aim is to get better and and to keep improving. So I can see why she's done it. Obviously, the you know the the points are in the bag. So it's um you know it, it was another important win for Scotland. The result leaves Scotland second in their group with two wins from two matches. They have scored thirteen goals and are yet to concede a single goal. Long way to go, but uh, as you say, after making the World Cup, it appears confidence is still high within the Scottish squad. Republic of Ireland were also in action and maintained their unbeaten start to their own qualification campaign with a 3-2 win over Ukraine. Lyobu Shimatko's own goal was the difference between the two sides. Apologies if I got that wrong. Unfortunately for Blues fans, Harriet Scott did not feature in that game. It's pretty sure it was her first Ireland game she's missed since the summer of 2018. Do you think, Chris, that playing, no, not playing every week, rather, for Birmingham has cost her a starting place? Or is it this new manager... Vera Powell is just trying something new. Um, it, it might might be a bit of both. Obviously, Harriet. I think the reason she didn't start the season for Blues was, we, we, you know, she was carrying a bit of an injury. Um, whether there's a, a repercussion of that that we don't know about. Um, but obviously, you know, disappointing for Blues fans that that she's not involved. But on on the other hand, you know. It, it means she's had more time to to rest, more time to you know to get herself ready for you know um, uh, quite a busy schedule up until Christmas now for for Blues. So um, you know if it, if it means she's she's ready and raring to go for the for the next six weeks or so, then um, you know it might be a blessing in disguise. And I'm sure once she gets back into into Blues' starting eleven, um, then. Yeah, she'll be she'll be back in the island setup. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they drew against Greece. I think you were saying Chris earlier on in I believe a, another so, friendly. Yeah. Yep. One one, I think. Yeah. So. So that's another unbeaten game for them. 
I don't think Harriet Scott was even in the squad for that one. So hopefully she's not picked up a knock on international duty. We'll find out, no doubt, at the weekend. Um, moving on now to England, Chris. It was the Lionesses' fifth defeat oh, in seven matches <laughs> as uh, Germany left it late to sink England at Wembley. The game took place in front of a crowd of 77,768 fans, which is a record for a Lionesses' home match. Germany began brightly and had England running in circles for the first half an hour or so. Alexandra Pop popped up with the opening goal after just nine minutes on the clock. We spoke about her threat in the air last week, Chris, and she duly delivered to take full advantage of one of England's well-known weaknesses, balls in the air. Yeah, it was there for all to see again, wasn't it? Unfortunately, yeah, the um, you know, Germany keep possession and and feed it back out wide and, and the cross comes in and you know, for for Alexander Pop to be completely unmarked eight yards out in you know in in the middle of the area is it's criminal defending it really is um you know and she was unlo- un- unlikely to miss and she didn't so um yeah another example of um you know the the, the poor defending the you know the lack of communication um obviously it was Horton and and Williamson this time around, um, you know, a, a relatively new partnership. I suppose you could put it down to that if you were being very generous. But you know, just just generally, again, um, you know, poor from poor from wide areas, poor from corners and and crosses coming in. Um, and you know, listen, every 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 WSL game is is now being. Um, is now available to watch on on the FA Player. Every England game is is on. You know, most England games are available to watch now. So the, these opposition, you know, they they'll get to watch pretty much every game that our WSL players playing. Um, so it's no secret. Everybody, you know, the Germans, the German national team will have will have looked at us at the World Cup. Will have looked at us over the last twelve to eighteen months and realised that we we are there to be got at defensively from. From set pieces, pressing us high, pressing us quickly, um, forcing our defenders into mistakes, and and that's what they did for for the vast majority of that first 25, 30 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And it just, it's, I'm just sick of saying the same things every week. Every time we talk about internationals, Chris, the same things, the same mistakes. Why aren't we getting a defensive coach who's capable of teaching them how to do things they probably do know how to do? They just don't know how to execute it on the international stage. Craig, I think I think they've got fifty odd backroom staff, haven't they? Um, I I don't know another nation on the country who should be better prepared than we are. Um, but as you say, it's I think it's they say it's the definition of insanity or madness to to, to keep doing things wrong and and not to change anything. You know, to keep repeating the same mistakes over and over again. Um, but as you say, every, every time we seem to mention an England game, it's the it's it's the same flaws coming up time and time again. And and as I said, opposition teams will will know that will will pick that up, and you know that they'll see that defensively we are we are very very vulnerable. Um, and that if if they if they show a bit of a bit of guile, a bit of attacking intent, then we are we are definitely a side that people can score against. Absolutely. England settled somewhat after the first half an hour uh, wore on and Eng- uh, Germany got away with one as Catherine Hendrick 
caught Beth Mead on the knee with her studs. What did you make of this incident, Chris? It looked quite bad on the replays. It did look bad on, bad on the replays. Um, I think replays, obviously, with it slowed down, it, it can make it look a little bit worse. I don't think there was anything overly cynical in it, but it, it's a little bit careless. And obviously, you know, the you know, the ruling of, um, you know, reckless, uh, a tackle of a reckless nature could be a red card offence. Then um, I think it was probably like a yellow and a half, if if, if you get my drift. Um You've seen them go either way. Yeah, yeah I, I think if she would have been red carded, I don't think Germany would have had massive complaints. But the fact that she was yellow carded it is a friendly after all. Um, yeah, I think I think probably just shaded the, the correct decision, yeah. The Lionesses were then given a golden opportunity to equalise <coughs> when Beth Mead was clipped by the keeper. Penalty kick and Nikita Paris stepped up. Her effort was then saved down the middle by Merle Sch- Merle Frooms. Uh, Kelly Smith was quite vocal at halftime about players who shy away from penalty kicks. As someone who has a knack for scoring at will, someone like Ellen White, should she be putting her hand up more often to take the spot kicks, Chris? Simple answer is yes. Um, And I don't know why someone who loves scoring goals as much as Ellen doesn't want that responsibility. Um... Obviously, when she was at Blues, we had Aoife, who who was more than happy to to accept responsibility on penalties, and she took the vast majority of them. But um, I think Ellen Ellen scored the winning one against Chelsea in the FA Cup semi final. Yeah, your commentary um, still lives long into the um, Aoife <laughs> on YouTube. I think for that one. Yeah, it might be worth having a look in this. Yeah, um, no, but I think. The the point that Kelly Smith I think was making is that you know if you're if you're on this day you know everybody wants um, you know raving about the the, the seventy seven thousand at Wembley you know such a such a momentous occasion for women's football and and all the players who who want to be a part of that and want to be on that pitch um, you know if 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 you're in that setup surely you're you're of that mindset that you want to be involved in in the best moments for England, in the most important moments for England. Yet there is a, a what appears to be a serious lack of of confidence when it comes to penalty takers. Um, you look at the players who have got the technical ability on the pitch. Lucy Bronze can strike a ball. Jordan Nobbs obviously is technically probably our best player. Um, Ellen is our goal scorer. Who else was on the pitch? Was was Meade on the pitch at the time? Uh, I think so at the time. Um, yeah, so there's there's countless people who, you know, if they stood over a penalty, you'd back them to score nine times out of ten. And and you know, ironically, Paris is probably one of those as well. But when she puts on an England shirt, she, you know, again, it was a pretty poor penalty. Um, you know, the keeper didn't have to pull off a, a worldie of a save. Um, she, you know, she's she's obviously the, the confidence is 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 struggling when it comes to that when it comes to that penalty spot. But um, yeah, I, for me, I'd be asking, you know, if I was the coach, I'd be asking Ellen, you know, will you go on penalty penalty duty? Because you know, as she's shown time and time again, from from twelve yards, there's there's not many people better. 
No, absolutely. And I think the only thing to say about Nikki's Paris is probably it's the credit to her to for stepping up so many times, even though she keeps missing. She's yeah. She's yeah. the only one who's actually willing to put her neck on the line in, in these instances at the moment, really. Of course. Of course. You know, I I won't I won't ever have a go at a player for for once for having the confidence to take a penalty. You know, Aoife's missed a couple for blues, you know, and when Ellen Ellen's been on the pitch, you know, and you think, oh, Ellen White takes that, you know, a goal scorer of her ability. But, you know, the, you've got somebody on the pitch who, who is prepared to, to put their hand up straight away and take it. Then, you know, I, I, I'll admire the bravery. But at times, you know, especially when the, the success rate has been relatively low, um, you know, I'd, I'd be asking Ellen to, 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 to step forward and, and, and take them for in the future. White would then go on to equalise shortly before the half-time whistle after a lovely ball over the top from Kira Walsh. It was a close-range deft finish from White. Replay suggests that White was offside. Did this error from the official, Chris, sum up the level of officiating we saw on Saturday night? Um, it's very. Firstly, it's very, very close. Um, I don't think it's as close as you think it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think... The, the standard of officiating overall, really, um, in women's football isn't great. But, um, yeah, England international at, at Wembley with 70-odd thousand against Germany, you'd want the, the very best of the best, wouldn't you, um, available. Um, but, yeah, if we've had this discussion before. Officiating at, at, this, at the very top level of the women's game needs to be much better. For all the work they did to get back into the game, I don't think England really tested the Germany defence. Their keeper, Fromes, in particular, had very little to do all night. Were you surprised that Jodie Taylor came on, Chris, instead of Beth England? Yes. <laughs> um, I, I find it really difficult, actually, because I love Jodie. Um, you know, my memories, I don't want my memories of Jodie Taylor to be tarnished with, with the performance she's put she's putting in for England over the last 12 months yeah, because I remember the Jody a uh, Jody Taylor who who was right up there with one of the best finishers I've seen in the game and um is, know, there uh, an, is there an argument Chris if you're around long enough that you can ruin your own reputation by being by being probably like standing in the way of other people perhaps even though you don't intend to they still think you're the one to call on but maybe you your best Years are behind you. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I think there's certainly an element of that. Um, you know, people who people who have picked up on the women's game over the last couple of years won't know the Jodie Taylor of of Arsenal. Uh, you know, when she was at Blues and Arsenal, and, and you know her career over in America and Australia, wherever she's been. Um, you know, if if you've only just picked up on it recently out because of the World Cup. You know, you'll look at Jodie Taylor and think, what on earth is she? Why on earth is she being picked over someone with the WSL goal scoring record that Beth England has got, or you know, giving Paris or Mead a chance to play up top as a number nine? But um, like I said, yeah, my, my memories of of Taylor are being a little bit tarnished. You know that you, you keep seeing her coming on. Obviously, as, as soon as anybody puts on an England shirt, you want them to do well, but um, she just looks so far 
so far off the pace of the game at the moment. Um, I think the chance that she had when it was when it was two one right at the end, you know, never really looked convincing at all, did she? Um, I think it took her about ten minutes to get her first touch on the ball. So, um, yeah, I think that sort of substitution though just sums up where where England are at the moment. There's a seems to be a lack of a lack of a plan, lack of intensity. Um, yeah, I think we had this discussion last week. We, we were concerned about it being a a game of, of thank yous, thank you for you know to, to players who are who have got women's football to this position rather than a a game for the younger breed to come through and perform. Um, and I think there was an element of that on Saturday. The winner for Germany came in the 90th minute. A sublime bit of skill from Geneva Marajan. In the centre circle, started the move. She chests the ball and chips it over Jill Scott, then slides the ball into Clara Bull, who then gains a yard on Steph Horton before firing it across goal and into the back of the net. It's a lovely move, but once again, England are caught out of position. Lucy Bronze is caught forward and Steph is stuck between coming across and holding a position. What is Phil Neville coaching them, Chris, if it's not clearly defending? Well, <laughs> oh, there's a million dollar question if I've ever heard one. What is Phil Neville coaching them? Um, that's always going to be the problem with Lucy Bronze in a, in a back four uh, at right back. Um, the, obviously, we don't want to take away the the energy that she's got, the, the power and pace that she's got getting up and down that line. But at some point, we're going to get caught out with her, with her getting forward. Um, we did a couple of times towards the end of that. Uh, towards the end of that game, for the last 20 minutes, every single one of our players looked like we were running through treacle. Um, we looked absolutely dead on our feet as Germany just kept the ball, kept us moving, you know, made life really difficult for us. Um, and at the heart of that was, as you said, in, in the build-up, Marajan, who, if Phil Neville has ever got the audacity to claim that Lucy Bronze is the best player in the world after watching 90 minutes of Marajan on Saturday night, then, you know, he's, he's an even bolder man than, than I had to give him credit for. Um, but yeah, that, that is the, that is the big problem um, with Bronze at right back in a back four that you are going to have, you are going to have holes and gaps. Um, and obviously Horton, not the quickest. Um, and, and when they can break up, when they can win the ball back quickly and get, get the ball into the front players, then that that goal in the 90th minute is what happens. You've always, you've been an advocate, Chris, of playing like a back five with wing backs, weren't you, um, for England? And it's just not something that Phil Neville's considering. I think it's, I think it's absolutely tailor-made for it. I think the, the, it gets the best out of every, every one of our better players. Um, bronze can be right wing back and not have to worry too much about, getting back because you've got three centre-halves. I think it gives Nobs a freer role in midfield. And obviously, Ellen White can play up front with, alongside somebody, you know, two up front. White and Paris up top. Um, you've got the pace of Paris and obviously the, the clinical edge of White. I just think it gets the best out of every single one of our players. Um, I think it, it's, it's, for me, it screams out 3-5-2. Um, but as you say, there's there's no indication that it's that it's in the manager's mindset. 
which probably indicates that it's absolutely the right thing to do. <laughs> um, I, I would say maybe the next coach might bring it in, but it might be too late for that. But we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 see, we'll see. Lucy Bronze will be retired by the next time we have a new coach. Yeah, Phil, 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 ne- Phil Neville's tenure <laughs> comes to an end. Yeah. Uh, we'll now turn our attention to the weekend then on Birmingham City's trip to Brighton and Hove Albion. As part of the Women's Football Weekend event, Birmingham will face Brighton from the Amex Stadium. Have you, Chris, been to that stadium before? And if not, are you looking forward to the trip to the seaside? It is not one that I've ticked off yet, no. Um, which I think I think Blues men have played there a couple of times, but I haven't I haven't made the trip down. I will make it on Sunday, though. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I don't know what the weather's going to be like. It's, 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 it's not the sort of time of the year that's going to be nice and sunny, but you never Beautiful know. Beautiful day by the sea. With a bit of snow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, former England boss Hope Powell has had a decent summer with Brighton, bringing in one of the best keepers of last season in Megan Walsh from Yeovil Town. She's also brought in the impressive French midfielder Leah Legaric from Gungom. Uh, from what you've seen of them this season, Chris, what have you thought of their start to the season? Um, I was... Their first, obviously, their first couple of results were very eye-catching. Um, I thought they were the better side at Bristol at Ashton Gate, which obviously, you know, would have been a big, mo- a big event for Bristol um, who did so well last season. So I think for them to get, you know, to get a point there, um, I think they missed a penalty as well, didn't they? So, you know, they could easily have won that game, um, but to go there and get a point and then to get a point from Chelsea at home in the second game, you know, there, there were a couple of eye catching results, but obviously, the last three games, they've um, they've been disappointing. Uh, losing and comfortably away at, at Arsenal, but I think they've, they've lost their other two games, their last two games as well. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, it's a difficult one to judge Brighton at the moment because if you if you were going on, you if we'd have played them after the first two games, I'd have been a little bit you know uh, trepidatious about it. But um, I think we go there with confidence for the way we played against Liverpool, um, from the way we didn't didn't let ourselves get out of the game against away at Man City in the Cup. Um, so I, I think that we can go there with confidence, that we can pick something up, certainly. Our last meeting with Brighton is not a happy one, unfortunately. We lost 2-1 back in February. Former Blues striker Ellie Brazil came back to haunt us and scored the winner that day. Uh, it's been two weeks since both sides have played, Chris. Should we expect to, to take us a little while to get going on Sunday, or do you think the rest will do us good? Um, I think both teams will be ready and raring to go. I think they'll see it as, um, you know, they'll, they'll know how big a game it is um, for, for both sides. Um, you know, in, in uh uh, I don't want to say a relegation battle yet, but obviously we've we've got three points from four. They've got two points from five. So, you know, both sides will will be desperate to pick up the three points to to push the nudge themselves away from the bottom of the table. So, I think both times both sides will be will be ready and raring to go. Um, you know, players. Of the, we, we've got Lucy Stan away and, and and the Scottish girls, but I think by the time they get back, they'll be they'll be ready and raring to go. The Amex, like most Premier League grounds, has a great pitch to play on. Given the way that Marta likes to play, uh, with, uh, likes the Blues to play, Chris, we should be relishing this kind of game, right? Yeah, I believe so. Um, you know, I think that's 
Brighton might be thinking the same, but I think, you know, I look back to how we played um, against Liverpool last season at Anfield, uh, at Anfield, at St Andrews. Um, you know, we, we, we seem to really relish the, the, the opportunity to play on that, on that sort of pitch and, and get the ball down and play, play good football. Um, and I think that'll be the case on Sunday as well at the Amex. Yeah, absolutely. And the way we passed the ball around against Liverpool in our last league game, that that shows that we've got the ability to keep the ball away from a team. And with a bigger pitch, it might be even better to capitalise on that. Predictions then, Chris, what do you think the score is going to be on Sunday? Uh, I am going to be uh, optimistic and I am going to say, um, I think... Brighton will score. I will go three-one Blues away. Three-one Blues. I thought I thought we were going to have the same again, Chris. It, it, it felt it felt that way You're that we always we, we spent too much time around each other <laughs> doing predictions. But uh, I've gone for two-nil to Birmingham City for this one. Uh, get in touch with us at Greatson68 on Twitter to share your score predictions with us. And if you've enjoyed the show this week, then please share it with your friends. And that was the Great Sense 68 podcast. To listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you may use. And search for Great Sense 68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep right on!